Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Faith Fire Media. My name is Frank Mickens. I am your host, and I am excited to share with you what the Lord has put in my spirit to release into your hearing some things we need to pray into for the entire body of Christ. Who knows that we are the members of Christ's body and every joint supplies. We're in a family. We're in the Father of Heaven's family. And he has shown me what we need before we get to revival and awakening. So many people have been wondering, what does it take? He showed me through the Tin Man. We'll be right back. Faith Fire Media is a ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. I am Frank Mickens again with you with another episode. We are in season two. We praise God for you, for your patronage and your support. And if you're still looking to get more information about Faith Fire, either Faith Fire Media or Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries, you can find information on faithfireworldwide.com. And you can also see our past episodes and if you're watching us on YouTube, you can do that on our YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to us, you can find our past episodes on your favorite podcast platform. We're truly honored and privileged to be here with you and uh, praise God for you. Our ministry's mission is to fan the flame of revival around the world. And we shared last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that God is not just concerned about revival in the church. He wants global awakening. He wants to see people coming into the family of God who have no connection to him right now. And it's going to be preceded by revival. So we're all about that work, reviving the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can be revealed to the earth. So people can see Jesus and then Jesus can bring them to the Father. Amen. So let us pray and we're going to go into this word today. The topic is the tin man, the tin man. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you just so thankful to be in your body, to be in your family, to be your children, oh Father. Oh, how great love, the love that you have lavished upon us that we can be called the children of God. Lord, you are so kind and gentle. I pray that you settle our hearts today to hear what you're saying to your church as you bring us to revival. We don't just pray for it, God. We lean into it and we ask you, what shall I do? How can I connect to your heart in this season? And Lord, you really are in control. You are sovereign and you're going to give us a new heart and you're going to give us your spirit and you're going to call us to walk in your statutes. And we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So just want to encourage you that the work of God has never been slowed down. The work of God has never ended. The work of God is that people believe on his son who he has sent. And that work has never ended. It started before the foundations of the world. It started when he said, let there be light. Let there be Jesus. And so we can't stop it. We don't need to be discouraged. I want to encourage you right now. So many people are looking at what we can see. And we know the things that we can see are temporary. They're temporal. They will wither as grass. 
But the word of God stands forever. His will, his ways, his principles, his statutes, his plan will stand. It will manifest in the fullness. The vision has been written. It will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarry, we need to wait for it. The patterns, the plans, the heart, the vision of God has not been thwarted. So when you watch the news, when you hear things happening and you see just clearly demonic activity, be encouraged. Don't grow weary in doing well. Do not grow weary. I'm speaking to somebody today. I feel the spirit on this. Do not grow weary in doing well. Pray without ceasing. Somebody needs to just be praying in the spirit. Get into your prayer closet. Get into your room where you meet with the Lord and just pray. Some people just need to sit with the Lord and allow him to comfort you in this season. We want to do what he's doing. He's calling us to partner with him, but he's not calling us to be him. And there's a fine line there. We need to know what the Lord is saying. Your grace has run out. Now, let me pick up and do the rest. You've done what I've asked you to do. You've been pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. You've been pressing. You've been pushing. You've been moving. You've been praying. You've been believing. But we can get discouraged. Our souls can be discouraged when we're not putting our hope in God. Put your hope in God. Glory to your name, Jesus. I'm just going to go to that verse real quick. Somebody needs somebody needs encouragement. And we're going to get into this word, but I just feel like somebody needs to hear this word from the written word. And he's encouraging us in this this dream he showed me. It says in Psalm 42, verse five, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. Did you know you can have a conversation with yourself that you have the ability to discern what's going on in your emotions to take a look at your thoughts, as I've been taught recently, to take a step back and ask yourself some questions about what's going on in my emotions and my lusts, desires, and passions. What am I hearing that I shouldn't be hearing? What am I speaking that I shouldn't be speaking? What am I tasting that I shouldn't be tasting? What am I smelling that I shouldn't be smelling? What am I discerning that I should not even be paying attention to? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Do you know that peace is a sign? When we step out of peace, we've stepped out of the spirit. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Seek his face. Seek his face in this hour. Seek his face when you're discouraged. Seek the throne room. Go into his presence where he says to you, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. Do you know that there is no limit to what God wants to give you? And we disqualify ourselves. We think, oh, I'm supposed to be frustrated. I'm a human. Well, frustration comes, but that's not our lot. That's not our inheritance from him. That's not heaven on earth. That's not his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to raise our standard of expectation. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I just thought we need to just do that. And Lord, I just pray now for those of us who our souls are cast down and disquieted and not peaceful. We put our hope in you. We seek your face. This is the generation that seeks you. Glory to God. I'm not afraid of silence. Minister to your people, Lord. Glory to God. Open our ears now to your voice, that still small voice. 
There is none like you. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I could sit there with him, but I have an assignment. And I'm going to beat my assignment. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Ezekiel 36. And if you don't have a Bible, we're going to read it anyway. As you're turning, I'm going to share this dream with you. I had this dream uh, in early April of 2022. And I knew the Lord was showing me the condition of the body of Christ. I knew the Lord was showing me his heart for the body of Christ. I knew the Lord was showing me his desire for the body of Christ. I know the Lord is saying this is his plan for the body of Christ and this is going to come to pass. Before revival, there will be a move of his spirit. What do we learn in Joel 2? That in the last days, the Lord promises to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We have not seen that, not in the fullness. Peter spoke of this when he saw an outpouring of God's spirit, when he preached after he was touched and baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. That was a first fruits. The body of Christ is without the Holy Spirit in a lot of corners of the body of Christ. How do I know this? Because the Lord showed me. People who struggle with the idea that there is a current outpouring of the Spirit are people who are not tapping into the power of God in their lives. These signs shall follow those who believe. I'm going to turn to the book of Mark real quick. Why are you going here, Frank? Because these are the signs of followers of Christ that we're not seeing in the volume that we could. God's not disappointed. Mark 16, verse um, 15. He goes on to say, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It says in verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. If those signs are not following you, something is awry. Something is awry. You have the authority to see these things happening in your life. Now, I'm not saying that all of us should be doing all of these things. What I'm saying is there should be in your heart where eternity has been planted. That you desire to see the power of God operating in your environment through you as a sign and a wonder and a testimony of the love of Jesus Christ. And not for your own press, not for your own desires. Let me just say this. I'm not walking in this day by day. And so I'm seeking God about what's awry in my heart, in my life. Why am I not available to these things like I should be? Why am I not willing to stop what I'm doing to immediately follow the spirit of God and lay hands on someone or pray with someone or ask someone, do you need 
help? Do you need healing? Do you know Jesus? These are the things that we're not doing in the body of Christ. And, and, and we can argue about this, but we all know it's true. We're not doing it. We're not doing it on a consistent basis. This is not a lifestyle. That's where I should really wind up. This should be our lifestyle. That f- These signs follow us. What is something that follows? It's with you like your shadow all the time. I'm being reminded of when people came into contact with Peter's shadow and were healed. The anointing on his life was active because he was operating in great faith and trusting God to do what he said he would do through him by the power of God's spirit and faith in Christ. When you put faith in Christ, your spirit then becomes invaded by the Holy Spirit. And what we've done in church is we have, and I didn't expect to go here, but we have stopped there. Oh, well, you're saved. All right, you're good. You're going to heaven. But the Bible says that we've been given abundant life. The Bible even says he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. Are we living those kinds of lifestyles? It's just a rhetorical question. Are we seeing people who preach this and teach this as weirdos? It's in the Bible. These are the words of Jesus in red letters. These signs will follow you. Who believe? Where is your belief today? There is a move of God's spirit that gives you faith that you didn't have before. That's what we saw in Peter in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, and the, the word of the Lord said that the Holy Spirit came upon them like cloven tongues of fire, and they began to speak in other tongues. And people came from all over, and they heard these followers of Jesus speaking in their own language. And Peter preached and said, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is a promise. Let's go to Joel. I didn't expect to go here either, but I'm going to let you lead me, Holy Spirit. I want to read this. Because we can't argue with the written word. He says... In verse 28 of Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then it says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Wow. He's going to pour it on men and women. That messes with some folks. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. So these are things that God wrote and promised would happen. And we've been taught, many of us, that prophecy is not for today. But we just read that in the that it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. We need to receive this. We need to receive the full power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ was baptized. He came up out of the water, and the Bible says that the the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. What was that? That was the anointing, the empowerment of the Father to do what Jesus was brought into the earth to do. 
Prior to that, he wasn't doing that. He was simply operating in total obedience to the father by being a human being whose daddy is God. So his DNA was spirit and flesh. He had Holy Spirit the whole time. They're inseparable. But there was a time that the power of God came upon Jesus when he came up out of the water. So listen, when you were baptized, God's heart and desire for you was at that moment for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we don't have faith to believe that because we're not taught it. And so what we don't believe, we can't receive. He resists the proud, right? He gives grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves and say, oh, this is what your word says, I receive it, then we open up our hearts. I had a personal experience with this. I said to the Lord one day, I said, whatever you want from me, I receive it. Three days later, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. I've since grown in prophetic prayer. I've grown in many gifts of the Spirit. But it started with me just saying, yes, Lord, to whatever you want from me. Again, I didn't expect to go in this direction. But here we are. There will be many theological arguments against this. But let me tell you what the Lord showed me earlier in April in my dream. I saw a tin man. You remember the tin man from the Wizard of Oz? The Lord showed me a tin man. He was massive. He was huge. And I knew he represented the body of Christ. And then I saw a large oil can. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. A large oil can. And it was floating. And this represented, represented the Holy Spirit, the deposit of oil, of power that is resident in the Holy Spirit. And this floating oil can was placing oil in the joints of the tin man. And listen to this. Prior to this, the tin man was not moving. The tin man was frozen. Like if you're watching me on YouTube, he was, he was frozen. He was not able to move. He was, he was not able to move. He was not able to operate. He was not able to touch. He was not able to walk. He was not able to. He didn't have the ability. He could not animate due to the lack of oil. And so God's remedy for the body of Christ that has been stuck in this Theological argument over the power of the Holy Spirit and if we should be operating in certain places in certain ways, as it is written in the word, has kept us from moving. We've been stuck in religion. We've been stuck in traditions of men and not the commandments of God. These signs shall follow those who believe. Matthew 25 says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. There were 10 virgins, but it says in verse two, now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. So half of them understood what they needed to do. The other half were foolish. Verse three says, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Glory to God. How many of us are trying to shine the light of Jesus Christ in the earth and we don't have the anointing? Have you ever tried something for Jesus and it just didn't work? Listen, I'm not saying don't try things for Jesus. Work for Jesus. Do things for the Lord Jesus. If you feel the compassion of the Holy Spirit, move into that. Agree with him and move. But if you don't have oil, you're foolish. 
Verse 4 says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the Bible says you're the light of the world. But if your oil is not in you, you can't shine. There's no power. What did Paul say? I come not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but with the demonstration of the spirit and power. We are to demonstrate the power of the spirit of God. That's what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? The signs that he said would follow us, he did those. And then he said, then he said, and the works that I do, you shall do also and greater works. Meaning you haven't even seen me do the things that I'm going to do through you. But we even struggle to believe what's in the word. So how can we go beyond give us comfort now lord there's a time the lord's going to come and he's going to expect us to be ready time is winding up we don't know when the end of the world is coming this world it's coming at some point it could be a thousand years from now but before then the lord is looking for a church that is without spot or wrinkle a glorious church, a church that shines and has power. He says that every sacrifice will be salted with salt. We are living sacrifices. We should be seasoned. We should be, we should taste different. We should bring a different environment with us. We should change atmospheres when we show up. We should be bold, not prideful, but bold to be Jesus where we are, wherever we are. Asking the right questions no one's asking. Praying where no one's willing to pray, laying hands where no one's willing to lay hands, confronting sin where no one's willing to confront sin in love. Asking people, how can I pray for you when no one's talking about Jesus at all? We're trying to figure it out by medication and prescription drugs. We should be walking as he walked. So what do we know about the tin man? As I shift gears for a second. In the Wizard of Oz, the tin man said he had no heart. That was his complaint. That was his reason for not being what he knew he could be. But all he needed was oil. Do you remember that? When he went to the wizard at the end, the wizard was like, I don't need to give you a heart. The wizard didn't even have power. It was all in their head. I need this. But all they needed was oil. What am I getting at? Ezekiel 36. Let's go there. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us through your word. Glory to God. We need this, Lord. Comfort our hearts. Settle us. I pray you give us the heart of Jacob that we won't let you go until you bless us. Mm. We have not lived out our full measure of the calling on our lives and assignments in our lives, and we need a shift. We need you to deal with us where we've erected idols and walked in the ways of our fathers like Jacob did. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. It says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. See, that's the thing. Jesus brings your new heart with his spirit. You getting a new heart comes by his spirit. Listen, the oil can is ready to dispense oil on the body of Christ if we will receive it. If you don't want it, you're not going to get it. And that's called foolish in the word. We should be asking for oil. 
We should be asking God to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus says, John came baptizing with water, right? John said this. He says, I come baptizing with water. The one who comes after me will baptize you in fire with the Spirit and fire. If you're not desiring a consummation with the Holy Spirit, if you're not desiring being consumed by the Holy Spirit, which is what baptism represents, you're basically saying it's okay with me to leave the power of the Spirit on the table, which has the, uh, the ability to glorify God through my life and change lives for His glory and bring people to Christ. With power, not guilt trips, not teaching tradition, which does not bring true living faith. It brings us replicating what we've seen before. That's why we're so caught up in our opinions in politics right now. It's what we've been taught to do. We've been taught to bring politics into church. <laughs> we've been taught to complain in church. We've been taught to just leave church when we don't like what's going on. We haven't been taught to seek oil. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. The new heart comes with his spirit. It's a move of his spirit. We saw that in this tin man. He didn't need a new heart. He needed oil. Remember Dorothy, you know, they pull out the oil can, he gets frozen, and then they pull out the oil can, they go, put it on his joints, that's what happened in my dream, and then he's, he's fine, he's doing this, he's like, yeah, woo, it's in Ezekiel 37, prophesied of those dry bones, and what happened, speak to the, four, speak to the, to the wind, and the spirit came and animated the army of God and brought the body together. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So this is what we need to be praying into, a move of God's spirit that will pour out on his people because they want to change. They know they need a new heart, but it's not because they don't have God's heart. They don't have the power of his spirit to go with it. He promises in verse 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. What is he going to do? He's going to put his spirit within us and cause us to walk. The tin man can't walk without the oil. The tin man can't obey God without the oil. Wow, whatever is not of faith is sin. So if we're not operating and being led by the spirit and walking by the spirit, the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We've got a very lust driven church. The body of Christ is lust driven. We love political power. We love to be right. We love to condemn people. Right. We love to talk about race and tell people they're wrong or you're right and critical race theory. And what do you know? We like to point fingers at Supreme Court justices and embarrass them in the name of Jesus. They're Justice Jackson is a daughter of God, too. That doesn't mean we agree with all of the things that she does or believes. But how would Jesus minister to her? How many times have we acted like the people that that caught the woman in adultery and said the word of God says you should we should stone them? What do you say, Jesus? How many times that we have we taken on that spirit and we didn't even ask Jesus what he thought and we just started casting th stones? It's not the heart of God. We're not being moved by his spirit. We have access to his heart, but because we won't take on his spirit, 
God is a spirit. And so he wants to deal with more than just your soul. He wants your spirit to drive you. He wants Holy Spirit to drive your spirit to overtake your soul and do what you ordinarily wouldn't do. But we're a lust driven church and we need the oil of the, of the Holy Ghost. A new heart is a work of the spirit and power comes by the spirit. The body of Christ, pray with me, needs a fresh move of God's spirit. We need a Joel 228. The move toward revealing Jesus Christ is only a work of the spirit. Listen, you've got gifts. You've got talents. You could probably preach. You could probably teach. You could probably read the word and understand it. You can exegete. You can do all of those things. But if you're not doing it with the power of God's spirit, and you're only doing it out of the talent he's given you, there's something being left on the table, and that is the enlightening of Holy Ghost to transform people's minds and bring their hearts to Christ. We've been operating in this natural gifting for so long, we think it's Holy Ghost. One way to know that you're operating in the spirit is when you're doing stuff that you, your flesh does not want to do. When you're operating outside of your own desires. When you're saying, not my will, but your will be done. Listen, I got somewhere to be. I could have done this. I want, man, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to stick out in the crowd. But that's what Jesus did and does through us when we allow him. Be the difference. Be the light in darkness. Pierce darkness. What is a piercing? A piercing is when you bring something sharp and you puncture what existed there and you create a new space. It's violent. When we get tired of being immobile and powerless, we will submit to the renewing work of the Holy Spirit. Water and oxygen create rust on iron. <laughs> Listen to this. Water and oxygen, God's spirit, without the right heart can cause immobilization due to hardness, like rust. Psalms 95 verse 8 encourages us. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, the presence of God without the heart of God creates pride and hard-heartedness. Did you hear that? The presence of God without the heart of God creates pride and hard-heartedness. This is what we saw in Israel all the time. In the days of Christ specifically, oh, they had the presence. Oh, we're the people of God. We're the children of Abraham. We're the ones that know Moses and the prophets. But they were so hard-hearted. They were prideful. They had the presence, but they didn't have God's heart. Jesus had to show up and show them God's heart, and they couldn't even recognize it because they were so off. Oxidation of the heart. Breaking that hard heart is a work of the spirit. What does he say? I will give you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart. Lord, we repent for where we've been hard hearted in the name of Jesus. Lord, show us where we've been hard hearted toward other people. Breaking that hard heart again is a work of the spirit, and that can only happen by the recipient first hearing. Here we are, Psalm 95 again. For he is our God, meaning we're not God, and we are the people of his pasture. We're his sheep. We should be guided by him. And the sheep of his hand, we should be guided by him. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. What do we know about the children of Israel in the wilderness? They were on a journey that could have taken them a few weeks, but it took them 40 years. Why? 
because they were hard-hearted. They had too much Egypt in them. They had too much world in them. They had too much bondage in them. And God couldn't have let that generation get into the promised land because they would what? Corrupt his promises, corrupt his presence, corrupt. And it happened anyway, but he at least wanted to start well before the enemy came in and corrupted his people. But we're in a time of the season, y'all. We've got the word. We've got more teaching. We've got more preaching. We've got more access to truth than any generation in history. And God's going to bring a global awakening through a church that is animated by his spirit and is in agreement with his heart. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the way that you illustrate what you're doing in the earth. God, I pray that as we listen to this, I don't care if it's one person that hears this or watches this. Teach us how to lay down our weapons, lay down our desires, lay down our plans, and only do, only think what you think. God, change our minds about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Change our minds about being consumed by the Holy Spirit. Change our minds about you being a consuming, consuming fire. Change our minds about how you're a jealous God. Change our minds so that when we see the word that says, as long as you live, the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord, then we'll understand that means me. You want me to be filled with your glory. You want to push out all that other stuff that has infected me and conformed me to this world. The church looks too much like the world. And you're going to animate us by your spirit. I pray that people who hear this and watch this will pray into this. That you will pour out your spirit. That sons and daughters will prophesy. That old men and women will dream dreams and have visions. That these signs will follow those who believe. That they will cast out demons that they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That all those things you promised us will see and greater works. Glory to God. The Spirit, the Spirit, we need your Spirit, Jesus. God, you are a Spirit, and so we're just asking for you. <laughs> Give us spiritual minds. I pray that we repent. I pray that this is a moment where we are hearing your voice and that we're not hardening our hearts, but we're allowing you to soften our hearts, which means you're breaking up fallow ground and showing us where we've been wrong and hard-hearted and unable to change, but now is the time for change. I pray that you share this word, even if it's not through this ministry, but share this principle throughout the body of Christ with the leaven of the Holy Spirit, the leaven of the kingdom. May it start small and spread like wildfire, that we will put our lives on the line for you. Not our will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, my prayer is this. Amen. Look, I praise God for you sticking around this long. I went a little longer than I anticipated. But uh, I do ask you to subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Um, we have text alerts as well. You can text the word faith fire to 55498. Faith fire, one word to 55498 to join our text alerts. I do praise God for you. And uh, I just pray that this is moving you as much as it's moving me. It's moving me into a greater desire for humility. Uh, humility is not something that we can conjure. It's something we seek through him. We ask him to humble us. 
Teach me humility. Show me the humility of Jesus. Let me take on his character. Amen. I'm so glad you joined us this week. Uh, we'll be back with you hopefully next week with another encouraging, edifying, and exhorting word from the Lord. Until then, I pray you go in his peace. We'll see you. Thank you.